Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, my name's Adelie Carrig. I'm Harrison Smith, and we have a special guest with us, our third in the line of guests, which coincidentally happened as soon as it was Adelie's turn to come up with a <laughs> topic, by the way. Uh, but our guest is my wife, Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Hi. Thanks for having me. For sure. So, uh, what is your... To well, what? Should we should we say what our podcast is for a Because I'm sure we have so many new viewers that we got yes. through like some sort of search engine optimization that we've somehow created. Uh, in case you've stumbled upon this <laughs> podcast, uh, it's called I've Discovered Something Awesome, and each week we talk about something that we have discovered that may be awesome or may be awful, and we try to decide. Yeah, it turns out a lot of this stuff is... A little, a little, a little on the edge. <laughs> could be cool, could be totally lame. We're not, we're still trying to figure that out. And Jessica's done a lot of research and has a big packet of paper. <laughs> and Gotta be prepared. And we're late. And I want to say that I'm so glad we're doing this. Because you know how when you make a new friend and you basically have to, like if they invite you to hang out, you have to hang out with them that right. time. If you say no the first time, they're never going to ask you again. So even if like you're busy or whatever, but you just need to solidify that friendship. I was so worried our podcast was was doing that. Going to fall to the because side. we missed two days, and I was like, oh my god, this is it, <laughs> <a> podcast. <laughs> Once it's well established, you can be like, okay, let's fudge a little bit. But I'm so excited. I'm so excited that we're getting it done. Good. So Jessica, what is your topic? Okay, my topic, um, the awesome thing I've learned about is unpasteurized food. Oh! So I obviously knew it existed before, um, but I am pregnant and was going into our pantry to get some apple cider vinegar, which is a staple in the Smith family household, <laughs> um, and it was unpasteurized, and I, you know, oh. with pregnancy, you have to, like, be careful yeah. of all sorts of weird things, so then I started researching and wasn't allowed to drink that. Really? Really. I, I mean, there. who knows? But according to most publications, it is unsafe to drink unpasteurized apple cider vinegar when you're pregnant. And so... Can I just say, if we had a call-in right now, you know who'd be calling right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's our dad. <laughs> because he's kind of like the um, big fat Greek wedding guy with the Windex. But apple cider vinegar That's what our, my, our dad's like with apple cider vinegar. I'm like, I have this like pain in my chest. He's like, dip your hand in apple cider vinegar, put it on your face and inhale. Literally, this was a suggestion. <laughs> like two years ago, I had this like weird sharp pain in my chest. The doctor was like, I don't know. And he was like, yeah, that's a good idea. Just inhale the, inhale the fumes of apple cider vinegar. Did it work? Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so what is pasteurization? Okay. So <laughs> it's basically the process of heating food, liquids, something you're about to ingest to a certain temperature and then cooling it off quickly and it kills harmful pathogens. But the downside is it also kills helpful things. Yeah. Um, and so there's been, I think, more of a big push to start having unpasteurized things in your diet more regularly, but there's a ton of like laws in place uh, that are restrictive and don't allow the selling of things. I, I mean, when I started into this, I was surprised by the amount of different foods. Like, everyone has heard of milk and, like, pasteurized or unpasteurized milk, raw yeah. milk, and the, like, you know, raw milk you can't even really obtain. It's, like, illegal to No, sell. I know. Like, I've, all been, I've, been, I've been dying to taste yeah. raw milk. I don't know how to get it. I remember our, our grandpa stopped drinking milk when they stopped selling raw milk because he was like, this is trash. Tastes you know? disgusting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember that, too. 
So and raw they, milk must be amazing. Yes, and that's kind of like the, you know, it's like juice, honey, eggs, like even some seafood, nuts, like weird things that like I would not have expected. I would not have expected that Go through either. this process. Um, and milk, like the more research I did while there, it was kind of funny actually, a lot of the articles that were like definitely proponents of pasteurizations were the ones that most convinced me that that was wrong and that it should be unpasteurized. Oh. Um, but hoisted by their own petard. <laughs> yes, seriously. Um, <laughs> but with milk, there, it was you know huge outbreaks of like typhoid and things in like the eighteen hundreds, and they, I guess Louis Pasteur, who was the inventor of the process, did it actually for beer, but then it was used for milk and it saved a lot of lives at the time because those were like very deadly, horrible diseases, which mm. we have now mainly cured. Um, and so the amount of, that's one side of the argument of like why it's not so important anymore because most of the illnesses that were being spread at the time of the, you know, invention and demanding of the law um, aren't as important for at least developed countries that have the resources to, you know, give <laughs> Refrigerate, maybe. Or Ref- oh, well, refrigeration is a big one, but also just, like, in general, being able to have... Like, there's treatments for... Oh, oh, right, those right. diseases, so right. at the time there wasn't, so... Um, but then there's a lot of interesting studies of, like, whether or not... I guess when you do... You pasteurize milk, it eliminates, like, the lactate in it. And there for people who are lactose intolerant... It actually is like disrupting the natural process of the milk, and that's what is mm. making it harder to ingest. Oh. So, like for people who are lactose intolerant, there it's better to drink raw milk, oh, but they I can't didn't know that. get it. I mean, this is the study. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the science is a little beyond me, but everything I was reading was definitely making the argument that like people yeah. who are allergic to uh, pasteurized milk would be fine because there's enzymes and like right things available in raw milk that then allow you to like more easily digest it so cool that was interesting and i thought that was a weird one because i feel like it's so so common so many people are lactose intolerant right and it's like well maybe the problem is right pasteurization right right (laughs) and same with like allergies and um just in general there's a lot of studies that say that unpasteurized milk reduces the amount of allergies that people have like Mm -hmm. because there's just more things present and that's true and like honeys and all sorts of other things if it's a pasteurized honey it strips out the pollen Mm -hmm. which if you're drinking honey that has pollen from your local area Mm -hmm. throughout your life Mm -hmm. you're building up an immunity towards it so Mm -hmm. a lot of the things Mm -hmm. that they're stripping out are actually causing some of the more like rampant issues that we are now seeing right right so well and i think one of the problems is that you we have these massive factory farms now where you know, like Tyson Foods or whatever that supplies like all of the food for every school district in America or whatever. It's like they have to be so sure to kill everything because it's not like back then where it's like, oh, you know, this um, this one cow got a disease and these four farmers in this village got hit. Yes. It'll be like, okay, if there's an E. coli outbreak, then a million kids will get it or whatever. And so they have to go through these like massive extreme measures, which is why they end up like washing their chicken and bleach and all this other horrible stuff. Um, that's totally unhealthy, but it's because the scale of all of it is so massively expanded that like you you have to be that careful if you're going to be feeding, you know, if you're going to be pumping out 100 million chicken nuggets a day. 
You can't, you can't no, that's, be having that's that. That's fair, yeah, definitely no. in the industrial. <laughs> <laughs> the industrialization of, like, the food industry definitely contributed to the, like, necessity of it. But, like, and there still are some laws in place where you can sell things from, like, directly from the farm or at, like, farmer's markets that you're not allowed to wholesale to, like, larger companies. But then small farms who don't have the funding or, like, capacity to get these, you know, giant vats and all of the equipment needed to pasteurize are not able to ever grow because they're limited to only being able to sell to people who happen to come to their farm or right. their farmer's market. And so it definitely, like, benefits the, the large-scale you know, corporate food industries rather than the small farms. So it's, right. it's hindering. So what, what foods have you eaten that have been unpasteurized? We, ha- we have raw honey, and that's what I usually buy. And the honey was one of the weirdest ones to me that they pasteurize. And I kept reading, like, pasteurization also extends, like, shelf life for, like, milk and other foods. But, like, honey, they kept making that argument. I was like, honey doesn't go Never bad. Goes bad. Yeah. Why are you using this as an excuse for why you pasteurize honey? I um, remember hearing a story that they opened up the tombs in the pyramids. Yeah. Like, King Literally. Tut or whatever, and the honey's in there just good to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they ate it. Yeah, they, yeah wow. that's, how, that's how they figured out it was okay to eat. Oh, God. They literally they ate 3,000-year-old honey, yeah. Which is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, honey is magic. I don't yeah. want to talk about magic things. But, um, yeah, I apparently the idea of it is that it keeps it looking nice. So it doesn't necessarily oh. extend the, like, shelf life of it, but it keeps it from crystallizing. crystallizing so it right. looks better, but, like, you're stripping out so many nutrients um, so I think raw honey is like a super safe one. There's like almost no reason not to. Um, all of like any juice you get from the grocery store is going to be pasteurized, which that one is also super weird because like a lot of arguments are like, oh, it's unsafe to eat or to like drink, you know, fresh squeezed orange juice. I was like, is it then unsafe to eat like an, mm. a fresh orange? Like, I don't understand. Like, do I need to be boiling my orange before I consume like a raw fruit? Well, I, I knew that. If you cut through a fruit, there's stuff that can go, be on the skin of the fruit. Sure, you need to wash it. And that's, like, the whole point of, like, pasteurization. It's basically just giving leeway to be negligent both with how you, like, care mm. for animals or how you're caring for your produce. Because right, right. rather than, like, you know, the FDA could just put into effect, like, stringent laws of how you have to carry out your, you know, cleansing process and like, the factories. But instead, they're, like all right, doesn't matter what you do until you basically have to pasteurize it so that it eliminates all of the, like, scary things. Yeah. Because, yeah, with fruit, a lot of times, and that's actually why juice, I think it was, juice is much more recent. It was, like, in 1996, Odwalla had, like, an outbreak of E. coli in their apple juice, and it was because, like, some apples had either, like, rotted or, like, fallen into some, like, feces on the ground and weren't properly cleaned before they went out. Yeah. But, like... That doesn't mean that, therefore, that was when they were like, okay, you can no longer sell unpasteurized juice to wholesale, like, distributors. And I also think it's weird, like, I feel like in the past, like, year or two, there's been, like, E. coli outbreaks on, like, romaine lettuce and all sorts of stuff that, like, it's just gonna happen when you have a, like, the kind of industrial, like, food processing we have, even with pasteurizations. I don't know, I, you can't just start, (laughs) like saying okay any food that ever has any sort of contamination can no longer be sold right right um you just have to put into effect like more stringent like cleanliness policies within the process 
Um, cause yeah, we, yeah, lettuce, onions, so many. a bunch of stuff has come out. You know what hasn't ever had an E. coli break is a like nice piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard that. That's an issue. So okay, so I we just should avoid just eliminate <laughs> fruit and salad dairies. at all costs. It's too risky, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's for your health that you don't eat salad. Yeah. Okay. I kind of agree with that. <laughs> In town, I'm eating anything raw, like anything, you know, like Chipotle or whatever, where they just have like the raw lettuce sitting out all day. I don't like raw lettuce. I don't like eating anything raw if I don't know where it came from. That's just me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, you're shuffling your papers now. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to re-reference, yeah, I feel like, the juice one to me was super strange, um, and I just wanted to look back at some of the thoughts I had about well, it. Well, we have a fantasy about trying to make everything, just can I? Yes, that's accurate. And our husbands are getting dragged along <laughs> <laughs> in our fantasy of one year, what was it? It was only making, it was making everything. Yes, like having to grow and produce everything that we consumed. But basically. no, but how did we? What how did we get around like grain? Because we were gonna make bread. We were like allowed to still buy things that were like in bulk, that were like raw, like not in any way processed. Yeah, really. and do that for a year, and see how miserable we became. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> see how much healthier we are. And, I mean, I think it would make you appreciate the food you're eating so much more as well. Like oh, totally. Even well, the like meager gardening we do if like I've grown the tomato Harrison doesn't less like like tomatoes but he'll eat them because I've grown them and well I, and I they they're... taste better right yeah it tastes amazingly better I mean so Jessica has chicken she has four chickens and we eat her the chicken eggs and and I never really cared about eggs I never really liked eggs until recently so I don't know I've just been buying whatever the like 89 cent eggs are which is great and then now we started eating Jessica's chicken's eggs they're so good that the, the Eight nights and eggs are disgusting. They literally taste like starch, <laughs> right. like blandness. And then I started buying, like when we ran out of eggs from Jessica's chickens, I would buy like the most expensive $6, like these chickens are the happiest chickens you've ever seen in your life, chickens. And they still don't taste good. And I wonder if they pasteurize them. Because I know that there's they like a egg refrigeration. Pasteurize like, eggs? Yeah, I know that they definitely pasteurize eggs if they're like selling like eggs that are in, a, like, cartons or things, like, not, like, the full, like, eggs, but eggs that have been broken and are, like, being refrigerated. But how, okay, but. so I, I, guess I still don't think I understand pasteurization because is it is it more than just boiling something? Because, like, how do, you, how do you boil an egg without cooking it? Like There's a lot of different types of pasteurization, like, as far as the intensity of the heat and the duration. Um, and that's a good question for eggs, how you... Because that's definitely one of the things that is pasteurized. I don't know if it is for like just the like whole egg, but if you buy like a carton of egg whites or a carton of something that's already like a liquidized egg, mm-hmm. it's pasteurized. And I don't know how they avoid cooking it. Cooking it. Well, you can irrad- irradiate food. Oh. Yeah. And there is like a new technologies with like UV pasteurization where they're using like the light to sterilize things versus like heat, but. I think that's a much newer technology, and I don't think that's what they do for eggs. So mm. I don't know. And for the reason that I heard that you had to refrigerate eggs you get from the grocery stores because they wash them. Right. So they have some sort of coating on them that if you just get them from a regular chicken, you don't have to refrigerate them. But once you wash that off, then there's no more protection around, mm-hmm. I don't know, things becoming rotten or something. And so then you have to refrigerate them. Right. 
probably the same thing. Do we do we should, do you wash your eggs? I don't. I I think maybe technically you should wash them like right before you like break them and put them in. Right. But yeah. I, I didn't think about that until just now. Yeah. I've <laughs> I mean, not think, washed them at all. I don't. <laughs> And you're fine, right? Yes. <laughs> and that's, I mean, I think that is the point. Like, with so much of this, it is, I feel like it's, like, reducing the nutrients that we're ingesting. And so many of the, like, sites that are like, oh, it's fine that it's pasteurized are like, yes, it might slightly reduce the nutrients, but you can get those nutrients elsewhere. I'm like, where are you wanting me to get these nutrients? Yeah, If you're taking, if everything is pasteurized, like, I, I feel like that was always, like, the argument, like, you know, it's so much healthier, it's so much safer, and to have pasteurized food, but really it's, like, no, you're, you keep telling me, like, in, like, a, like, cliff note, or, like, a little, like, note at the end, like, that you have to be taking those nutrients from somewhere else, so it's not, it's not the same, um, and I am confused as to why, you know, it's become such an overarching, like, requirement from the government, like, at what, like, why did they feel the need to, step in so strongly against just being able to eat a lot of natural and raw things like I know they're using health as a argument but then there's a lot of counter arguments that are saying it's actually less healthy um and so it's it's a weird yeah well it's just need like that, to control it, the yeah, food it's, source <laughs> it's like that wallet thing where you can have 200 years of you know no big problems but then when you have this massive industry uh, selling fruit juice and whatever, 10,000 people get E. coli or how many get E. coli. It wasn't even that many, which is why it was like a, only a couple, I mean, obviously any death is like horrible and you don't want anyone to die, but it was like, I think like less than like 20 people died and right. it, and it wasn't even like a huge outbreak. It was, you know, like a hundred and some people, which obviously you want to limit, but it's not like a global or like, you know, huge thing where like tons of people are like having this horrible outbreak it's like okay this has negatively affected a very small group of people so now all juice forever will never be able to get right and there there you can you have a causal a really clear causal arrow where there's a pathogen it immediately like there's an acute reaction and it causes some harm right and that's really easy to understand i think that's how medicine's designed like western medicine's designed anyway is that they just look at like something happens what's the thing that immediately happens right after that and how do we how are those two things related and how do we like you know interrupt that transmission yeah yeah how do we interrupt that and what can be a lot more confusing is so you've so we've now solved that problem where you've eliminated the e coli because that is an issue but what are all the other effects that are happening and if they're not if they're diffuse and long term and difficult to measure like let's say it's cancer or something that like there's something in these juices that are helping our bodies fight cancer right but you can't connect that because it doesn't happen like you drink an odd wall of juice two days later you're vomiting it's like okay well that came from the odd wall of juice you drink an odd wall of juice 10 years later you have an increased risk of cancer how do you train i mean it's really difficult to to backtrack that which and also is there not another way to like check to like other than um, maybe this is like the cheaper option of just like okay everything's just gonna get you know heated and call it a day but I feel like there's got to be other ways to check and see like does this have E. coli in it that isn't oh or, interesting or, so like I feel like there could just be some sort of surveillance or like checkpoint right, right. where you're like okay this batch is good to yeah, go a little dipstick exactly yeah. no, no E. coli in there yeah 
Um, so it is weird to me that that has just become the like blanket treatment for any food that might at some point have had like bad, you know, bacteria or pathogens in it. Right. They're just like, all right, we're going to pasteurize it. Right. To me, that's like a very strange like decision to have come to you. Right. As, like, right. A... <laughs> well, if you don't think there's a negative consequence, you're like whatever, let's just do it. It's no big deal. But knowing that there is a negative consequence, then it makes you reconsider. But if you just right. don't think that, if you're like, okay, well, who cares? Just heat it up a little bit. probably solves all our problems. Yeah. But I feel like But it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, clearly. And, like, there's been lots of research coming out that for a long time, it's not just like, oh, suddenly this is fresh on, you know, fresh yeah. news and we should now react. It's like, no, people have known for a long time that it is messing up some of the, so, like... So, have you guys had any raw milk? No, I don't think I ever have, no. I haven't. So you've had honey. Anything else? Um, I mean, fresh squeezed juices for sure. Right, right. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think if we've ever had like, I mean, definitely unpasteurized cheeses I've had. Those are soft, just soft cheeses, right? Uh, some soft cheeses. I think you can still get like feta or things. Most of the fettest like sold in grocery stores are pasteurized, um, but some of them are not. So yeah, because I want to start getting milk and cheese from some buddy black market milk and cheese yeah <laughs> yeah we'll have to say from a farmer i mean we are thinking about getting a cow i don't know if you know about this harrison really? but jessica and i are thinking about getting a cow i should clarify yeah. i want a goat adley wants a cow so we'll see what happens <laughs> i mean either one we that'd be great well i remember reading a uh book about the founding of like a neighborhood here in austin uh which is only like 150 years old or so if that and just uh, you know, every every family had to have a cow. Like every family had a cow. <laughs> that was in their HOA. <laughs> like pretty much. And, and every and like every day, the kids would like walk to school and like bring the cows. And so all the kids would show up with their cat with their family's cow, and then it would they would all graze in the field next to the school, and then they'd all walk home with them at what? the end of the day. Yeah, it was like very idyllic. I mean, it was the and I mean, it was kind of, it was kind of crazy. But yeah, in like the you know early 1900s. Where is it? Where was it? Hyde Park. Which is just north oh. of campus, or just yeah, just north of campus. So yeah, it was like back then. I mean, it was it was kind of crazy. Even in the like early nineteen hundreds, it was like don't go f- too far west, or like the Indians might get you. Like yeah, it was it was a totally different world back then. But uh, that was one of the things that it was like yeah, every family had a cow because like how are you going to get milk and cheese? Every family had chickens. Every family had right know, right the little things that you needed to eat every single day. Right. <laughs> She's very idyllic. Yeah. So I don't know if we have I don't know if we have enough grazing room for a cow. Do you think we do? Yeah. Well, I don't know, but if, <laughs> if we let them go into the forest behind our house, it's endless. If we forest just like cow. break down the, the fences between all of our neighbors. It'll yeah. be great. Um, I like that idea. Yeah. I'm having a cow. It definitely makes me want to, you know, re up our commitment to doing more on her own. I know. Because apparently the juice that I was thinking was so healthy is like sugar water. It like has such little nutrient value. Mm. So do even the vitamins get pasteurized out? Like do they get killed? Some of the vitamins do. I mean I don't like definitely some make it through but it's drastically reduced. Yeah. Although I will say if you if you I mean, this is always the issue, is that it's so much work. Because I used to juice my own juice, and to clean a juicer, uh, it's, like, so exhausting. Totally. So, I mean, that is, like, most of this is just, like, simplifying your life yeah, by choosing yeah. the easy route. But yeah. 
um, sometimes it's worth the work. So have you drank, have you had this apple cider vinegar? Are you, are you being oh, more yeah. cautious now that you're pregnant or? Um, I did not drink the apple cider vinegar, um, but we've, that's what we used to always, I mean, I have in the past. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Um, too. So it just, I don't know. Babies are weird. You want to make sure they're fine. <laughs> oh, but, it's terrifying. Yeah, 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 yeah. If it's you, you're like, I'll get sick Exactly. A bit. Yeah, even if it's if it does harm me, I'm like, whatever. But yeah, this other being to think about. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't ever get to like the bottom of why, like, I mean, I think with anything that is like unpasteurized, that's why you're not supposed to eat soft cheeses and things right, like that right. when pre- with pregnancy. It's just, you have the same risk, I think, that like an, a, a non-pregnant person would of you know, getting some pathogen or some, you know, weird <laughs> bacteria sneaking in, but like listeria and things like that. But it just is more harmful for... Way more harmful. And that's right? what most of the articles I was finding that were like, uh, you know, advocating for pasteurization. They're like, yeah, but people with like lessened immune systems or like kids or the elderly, like they need to have, you know, a way to filter out, you know, those bad things. But the... Give people an option. <laughs> That's the same. Exactly. Like, just educate everyone. Say, okay, if you're, you know, if you have a low Im- or bad immune system, then buy this pasteurized one. If you don't and you feel comfortable with it, buy this other one. I, I just don't think the regulation is It's all. It's just always the lowest common denominator. It's the same way that, like, now in Austin, you have to build your own home to be, like, wheelchair accessible. Yes. Which is just, like, why? <laughs> why do I have <laughs> yeah. to spend... Ten thousand dollars on a ramp, ramp. Yeah. for my house, where like yeah. anybody in a wheelchair wants to come over, I could pick them up and you know lift them over this this one step into my house. But instead, I have to spend this massive amount of money right. just in case like a fireman is in a wheelchair or something and has to come in my house. It's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it does. so that's just the way it is. That was a silly um, <laughs> example. But yes, definitely. Like in public places it makes sense but in a private residence you shouldn't be forcing people is that true yes yeah Yeah. every single time you build a house you have to have a ramp if you're building a new home in austin you have to have ada accessibility so there's like workarounds with um you know like your driveway can like ramp up and lead to a door that then you can get into but yeah you have to have like access like ramp um you have to have a bathroom that has like ada accessibility like turnaround ability for uh (laughs) so stupid yeah you have to have like certain places that have like light switches and stuff that are lower for people in wheelchairs and like i think it's great to accommodate that especially if you have someone in your family or like a friend who has that but if you don't i think it's very you know it's it's costing people money who don't necessarily like have the need for it and there's a lot of different disabilities how are you like i mean how do you choose which one it's like okay well yeah why are you picking maybe i have a blind friend and i would like to have you know, some braille things around, like, it's yeah. just, it is weird, the, like, things that they choose, and then, like, really buckle down on, yeah, uh, for all sorts of regulations in our country, it's very yeah, odd. Literally, it literally makes no sense at all, like, can you imagine being in a wheelchair and going to someone's house and being like, how dare you not have a ramp for me, like, what, <laughs> what, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense, yeah, yeah. And, but no, I think it's literally because, like, they want, like, city workers to be able to access your house, and they like a city worker in a wheelchair has to be able to get in. I mean, who? How else would they justify that? Because because they're being. I mean, I think you don't even have to have like. I mean, yes, technically it's like a life safety thing that you're the argument you're trying to make is that it's like a life safety or like that's why they're able to 
make that a law, but it's, I think it's more just like we're trying to be considered. I mean, I feel like the laws in Austin are so often just trying to like appease as many people as possible or just be as well, considerate as possible to. They're not trying to appease me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're not trying That's to appease me or people true. like me. They're trying to appease somebody. Yes, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, okay, let's just make stairs illegal. Let's just, you know. Right. There should and be no more stairs ever anywhere. If you are if you have a stair in your house, you're breaking the law. I mean, it's just and so And I think dumb. that's the pasteurized stance. Like, they would have made stairs illegal. Yeah. <laughs> Louis Pasteur. Yeah, stairs. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, what else do you have in your packet of information? Oh, goodness. Um, I mean, I think just the more I was digging into it, the more... Like, I was, it just is weird. There's lots of things, like, when I would type in to, like, YouTube, I was trying to watch videos about it, and I would type in, like, pros of unpasteurization, and it would, like, autocorrect to pasteurization, and, like, it would always, like, search for that, and there was, like, so many things like that where, like, I was, like, trying to dig in, and, um, and, like, anytime I was, like, looking up, like, pro-cons, like, it was just, like, stacked so high with, like, everything being pro-pasteurization, and this one, like, website, with, which is called Healthline, kept coming up for anything I was kind of yeah. looking at. And I was like, what is this? And, like, why is it so big? And I started, like, digging in. And it's just, like, it was, like, bought out by this, like, marketing and sales company. I'm like, wh- why are they the, like, official, like, yeah. number one, like, top story? You need to of... hire them for our search engine optimization. <laughs> yeah. Here's how you guys found us, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I became increasingly, like confused as to why it is like almost being like swept under the table and like all of the wording like even on like the cdc's website and stuff it's very much like just like paints pasteurization as this like amazing thing and how like helpful it is and then it'll have like the word like it might slightly reduce the like (laughs) nutritional value like you know they have like a little bit of a clause in there um but it's always just um yeah right it's like the same thing as vaccines Versus, yeah. like, if you try to search for, like, stuff about vaccines, all you get is just, like, vaccines are amazing. Do not question them. Shut up. Take the jab. My friend yeah. my friend said the same thing happened to her when she was looking at deciding whether or not to be a stay-at-home mom. And she was, like, doing a lot of research. And she could not find an article that was pro being a stay-at-home, being mom. A stay-at-home mom. That's And she's crazy. like, it just didn't exist. Yeah, most of what I had to find were, like, that were pro- unpasteurization were like all these vlogs from like small farmers yeah. who are talking about like the benefits they see who actually know what they're talking who know what they're about. talking about yeah <laughs> um or like people who are selling um like raw products and right. like why they think it's good are there any local did you find any good places around here that sell stuff because i really have been thinking about since eating your eggs i'm like god we got to get butter i mean butter and cheese has got to be an easy and milk has got to be easy to pick up there's got to be someone with a cow around here that's willing to sell <laughs> us until we get our own cow. Um, sell us these things. Yeah, farmers markets. I'm sure. Yeah, them. definitely at farmers markets, and there's local ones here. But as far as like, I mean, there's lots of farms around. I don't know which ones sell which products, but yeah, there definitely are like local farms you could go to to get that. So we'll investigate further <laughs> yeah but it's I mean but it but then I start to think oh my god I'm gonna have to do another stop because right now my life is like so dialed like we have checklists <laughs> for everything we do not do things outside of our checklist oh it's not the beginning of the month do not buy paper towels you only buy paper towels at the beginning of the month and then I'm like I have to add now a new thing which is go find a new store to buy my natural butter 
or whatever, or my like non-pasteurized butter. And the hard part is they have a lower shelf or like a shorter shelf life. So oh you my god, it's gonna have to be a weekly. Runs. It's gonna yeah. be on my yeah, weekly yeah. checklist. It does make it certainly <laughs> harder, but I think that's. I mean, yeah, that's why like Walmart is successful because it's like you just like roll up, and if you happen to need like groceries and like some tools and some clothes you're like it's so easy it's easy I do but... remember that when I, I brought some vegetables we used to do a CSA and we, we were up in Virginia at our aunt's house and I had some vegetables and they went bad within like a couple days because that's what like non-preservative vegetables do and I remember our my aunt was like this is disgusting what is wrong with these vegetables they went bad so fast and I was like the fact that your vegetables don't go bad it that's the issue point. that's yeah, the yeah, part yeah. that's weird yeah <laughs> I was like they should once they fall off the tree they should go bad like pretty quick yeah. or bush or plant or whatever yeah yeah it's like the um cheeseburgers from McDonald's from like the 70s yes, that yes. still look exactly that's still look exactly the same yeah because there's yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you terrifying. should check that out oh my god yeah yeah they have they like pe- aren't growing mold or anything no nothing no. It, they just literally look like also who was saving this burger for like 40 years (laughs) it was an experiment yeah to like see what would happen i've also heard that when we were in china or or japan or something like that and people were dying like it was during a wartime or something and so i don't think people were being buried they were just like dying and our bodies didn't decompose because we had so many preservatives in us um that yeah like other bodies would decompose faster maybe this is like a sort of a fountain of life Yeah, so. probably not. <laughs> probably also responsible for the insane cancers that we see everywhere. But yeah, it is. I mean, that's one of those things that, like, if you actually start looking into stuff and have a critical mindset, it's like, okay, why are the only articles I'm able to find from every publication, like, telling me lies? Like, I'm sure all of this is lie, or like, you know, that will only or at least push cushioning things, or like, you know dampering it like making it seem like it's not a big deal like they might be like oh yes it does slightly reduce value of nutrition but but it's so help it's so much better for you it's so much safer like you know they kind of almost like whisper the like one the like the negatives and then like shout the positives right but they just bury it down you never hear the other side of the argument which like just the examples we're talking about with like being a stay-at-home mom or uh, vaccines or pasteurization or like anything like that that you only get the like argument that um, benefits like massive industrialization of totally. whatever the thing is. And I, I mean, sure, they probably have like the money to be funding these articles and to be, you know, tipping the scales so that that is what is becoming, you know, well. It's also like what you know, what interest does whatever Forbes have in you know putting forward this argument? But it's like you know, why, why are all of these? Uh, articles where all of these like outlets all pushing this idea like what you know I'm sure if you go to USA Today and ask people at work USA Today like hey are you are you in favor of like factory farms they would say no and yet they're gonna put out 10 articles a year talking about why pasteurization is amazing and you know is saving so many lives that directly benefits massive industrial farms but not smaller Mm. scale Mm. people and that's why i like wanted to look more into like that healthline website i was like okay this keeps is that not a government website it didn't seem affiliated it's a is was bought out a couple years by ago by a company called like red venture and they're just like a sales and marketing company and it Mm. didn't seem to be affiliated with the government as far as what i I thought it was healthline.gov are you looking it up? I am looking it up. Research. Oh, sorry. It's called HealthLink. Oh, HealthLink. Okay. HealthLink is the actual. Dang. 
that's the one that I kept seeing at the top of the Google search for like any type of... But I will say, I am scared to eat non-pasteurized food because I think that like, I remember when, this is sort of a silly story, but Harrison, I remember when you and your friends, when you guys were in middle school, were doing parkour all the time Uh and like constantly running, jumping, doing Mm -hmm. all sorts of things. And then one day you hung out with one of our family friend's kid who was like a few years younger, Uh maybe two or three, like not that much younger, but maybe a little younger, but also I don't think had any experience with like doing any sort of active, like running. I mean, you guys have been running and jumping for months and months and months, like doing all sorts of things. So he tried and like on his first try, maybe, I don't know, that's probably too much, but at some point during the the day, he broke both his wrists, right? Broke both Uh, his wrists. And so I think about that kind of stuff all the time where I'm like, wow, parkour looks amazing. Like, look at these guys. Gosh, okay, we can totally do this. Like, it's so great. And then you try and you're not set up at all for it. Like, you haven't had a single thing of non-pasteurized milk in your entire life. If you've been having it since you were a baby, okay, you'd probably be okay. So you're like, oh, this is amazing. I'm going to drink this. And then you're like, well, now I'm in the hospital because I'm not prepared at all. Like, my body's not prepared. I don't know what the risk factors are. I feel like that too when we go other places where I don't know the bugs. Like here, I know the bugs. I know which bugs are ones that won't bite you. I know which ones are the ones that will bite you. So I'm totally comfortable letting like our kid play with certain bugs. I'm like, oh yeah, that's fine. You go somewhere else, you see a bug you've never seen. Like probably this bug is safe, but like I have no idea. This could be a super dangerous bug that I have no idea about just because I don't have the like, I don't have the lifelong knowledge of doing something for my, you know, over and over and over again. Yeah, you haven't built up the tolerance for it. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, a lot of people who do the unpasteurized or eat or drink unpasteurized foods live on like small farms. And so they've also probably not only from like food ingestion, but just like general like running through like cow pastures and things like they've just been exposed to like a lot more you know, microbes than a lot of the rest of us. And so they have probably built up immunities for different... I think so. Well, I was going to say, it's like the peanut allergies. How, like, you know, it went from, you know, like one in uh, 10,000 kids had a peanut allergy that was, like, mild. And then it was like, okay, well, now we have to remove peanuts from everything now. And now it's like every classroom has at least one kid that, like, will die. If has they, a life you know, that yeah. yeah, so yeah. it's like, oh, okay, maybe, like, we went the wrong way on this. Maybe but, it should have but, been, like... But it doesn't work to just say, like, wait, why have we gotten rid of all these peanuts? Peanuts are amazing. Let's just throw them back in there, like, ooh, that kid died. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, no, we, we did it for so long we didn't realize what, like, the consequences were of putting it back in because so maybe you put one peanut back in like every classroom <laughs> and like slowly but I'm serious like that I mean like you're right we maybe have gone so far that yeah. it's hard to like change courses but yeah. like there's got to be like incremental like baby steps you can take and it might be harder it might mean that you have to make more like stops but right. like don't you like you're and it's also more expensive for right. buying those things, which also is weird because it's like, okay, it didn't go through any sort of processing, which right, seems right. like it, that would be more time and require larger equipment. It should all, that should be the more expensive option, not the like right, right. raw, normal. But it's it's the just the scale. You can it's scale it It's the scale, so, yeah. exactly. But still, like, it is definitely harder and more expensive, but like for probably the one broccoli you're but buying. But we don't know what the benefit is. That's the other part. It's like, okay, we think there's good some good benefit. We do know. <laughs> and we think that probably like your maybe, I don't know, like let's just pick random things. Like your cancer risk will go down, like your diabetes, your risk of diabetes, all those things. But I mean, do you think nutrients are good? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You don't know? Oh my gosh. Okay, well, if you don't know, then I'm scared. <laughs> I mean, we just don't have 
it's a huge jump. So I guess I'm on the I'm now now I'm just arguing for the devil's advocate's sake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that pasteurization is amazing, okay? Because look, we don't like we don't have that connection between like let's say we do all we spend all this money we do all this work. The food maybe doesn't even taste that much better, although the eggs do taste better that you make or that the chickens make. Um, and I feel like everyone, and then at the, every everyone every says that it that like taste is a huge factor. It like totally changes. Okay, so maybe taste. it tastes a little better, um, but then at the end of the day, you're like, oh wait, actually, it's like cell phone signal that's causing cancer. We did all this work for like nothing, basically, or you know, maybe there's some. Maybe there's no benefit. Maybe there, maybe these pasture people are right, and they're just like, yeah, you just need basic building blocks of like sugar, protein. You don't need a million zillion extra things. I don't. I don't think that's no. true. But like, it does. When you start to like think about, oh god, all the work it's going to take to make this happen, I'm probably fine. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, sure. but it's like uh, the advancement that we've made in like a hundred years in just our you know, the complexity of our society and the, you know, industrialization of so much stuff. It's like, uh, you know, people back a hundred years ago, hardly, there weren't like name brand foods, really. There was like Kellogg's probably like one or two things. Oh, which that is a whole history. Y'all know the history of Kellogg? Okay. Yeah. um, Yeah, Sketchy. For another podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but it's like, is there, is there not a way that, you know, now we eat all this like such a massive uh, variety of food and yet it all sucks it's all terrible for us it's all pasteurized it's all plastic it's all uh what is xenoestrogen or what's the uh just like estrogen mimickers everywhere soy everywhere like all that stuff is awful so people 100 years ago while they had none of this complexity and none of the like you know global trade network stuff uh and yet they where their food was significantly better, probably tasted better, was definitely more nutritious. Maybe it wasn't as quite of a variety, but like I'm sure if you brought people from a hundred years ago forward in time to now, they would be like, "This is not an apple. This is not an orange. This is not milk." Like I don't know what you people are Actually, eating. Actually, our friend from Mexico, she came here two years ago, and she just told me that she's like, "The food here is disgusting." Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah, like, it, "It doesn't taste good at all." Yeah, like it, it really is not good, and um, and so it's like okay. So we could just do away with all that stuff, I guess, and just go back to what we had. But like, really, the the question is like, why, with every advance we make, do we like attack the stuff that is good <laughs> for us? And that's yeah, like I think obesity is something that people talk about all the time, and that you know leads to diabetes, leads to death. It has like that's a huge like issue in our country. But the we government live. hasn't come in and been like, okay, well now you can't put sh- like added sugar in things. They like, want to. Do they? I don't think they do. I think they want us to be, like, lethargic and, like, boiled down and just, like, not interested. Well, they try to do we're... stuff like they try to limit the size of drink you can get, like, soda you can get. I mean, they do try to, like, do things that by, like, enforce... Like, I mean, sure, okay, so they're yeah. trying to... And they, like, asked McDonald's to put, like, apples as a side option. <laughs> in Japan, but in Japan, I don't they... think it's the same type of strictness of just being, like, okay, you can no longer sell raw juice... I don't think that's going to be that's yeah they're not doing anything similar to that and i bet the number of people that are dying from obesity related uh, I mean, issues is more than from 
some weird juice. Yeah, it's it's because the people that are in charge don't actually care about solving any of these issues. It's kind of like, you know, uh, global warming, climate change. You want to talk about, like, um, like getting rid of carbon and stuff. One of the big cargo ships in one year, like, puts out more greenhouse gases than, like, every car in the world combined, like one of these single ships. And yet, we have processes now where we grow chickens in America, we slaughter them, we put them on a cargo ship, we send them to China where they're processed, and then we send it back to America to sell it in America. So you're crossing the Pacific Ocean twice with these massive cargo ships. But, like, that will never be on the table. That will never be something that, like, they bring up to be like, hey, this is an easy way that we could seriously cut down on carbon greenhouse and really improve the healthiness of our food. I mean, there's so much stuff we could do, but like actual solutions are not going to be suggested. They're very interested in doing things like, you know, immediately passing a law to pasteurize all juice because, you know, 10 people got E. coli. It's very easy to pass those things, but actual solutions are not going to get passed because there are vested interests that are not interested in that sort of thing. Or maybe opinion. it's really good that Chinese are, are packaging <laughs> our chickens up. Mm. There's your, probably your something great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to Giving see that children some, some work. Yeah, yeah. it's great. <laughs> oh. I just, it's going to be so hard, you guys. And, like, the other thing that I think a lot about is your intention. Like, you have... There's, you know, you you have like physical phenomena and then you have sort of like energetic phenomena. And I remember thinking about this with water and um, partly it's like a mental health issue too where, because I remember feeling like I would get in periods of thinking like water was really contaminated and like I wouldn't drink it. I'd be like too, not too scared, but like just like, oh, there's got to be a better way. I'm just going to I'm gonna find a different water source in just a little bit. And then like, you know, go to the store and be like, oh, none of these are, they're all in plastic or, you know, whatever. Like you can really get in your own head about, so then I just wouldn't drink water. So I had to get my dad to like stop telling me about poison in the water because like, I was like, honestly, I'm going to have worse side effects of just not drinking any water because like I'm too scared of it than to just, just drink the water. It's fine. Like you'll be fine. Um, so, I mean, that's again from like more, maybe a mental health issue where you get a little obsessive about like the specific details. But, um, but I do think also like if every day you're saying, you know, like the the placebo effect is, is a thing also. So if every day you're saying like, I'm eating this and it's nourishing me to the fullest extent or, you know, something like that. If like your mind is constantly thinking like this food is poison, this food is like bad for me, this food is, um, going to cause me harm then I, like I'm I don't know maybe that's just as risky as so it might be yes maybe it makes it even worse but like do you think that me eating like healthy like raw things and that haven't been in any way like pasteurized and not having any sort of internal dialogue about it just I'm just eating and I'm getting these nutrients and you are eating the pasteurized version, but you're like, this is great for me. Do you really think that our like bodies would be having the same effect? I don't know. I, I think the power of the mind can overcome nutritional substances. I always want to believe that so bad. And then I take a pharmaceutical and I'm like, these are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, 
it's 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 something that I'm super interested in because like most people agree that the mind is really powerful and there's a lot of yes. research about meditation and things like that and ener- and just like different energies that it, it does work. I don't think we know how to harness it at all. Like it's so again, it's just one of these diffuse things that we can't like I think it exists and I think it's it's meaningful, but also try to stay awake when you're like given anesthesia. You cannot. Like it's just it's too powerful. Mm. So on the one hand, I'm like, I kind of believe that like the way you think about things is going to, it's possible that that impacts you more than what like the physical phenomena is happening to you at the moment. Hmm. Um, but then again, I like go into like a, into a hospital and I'm like, no, <laughs> you can yeah. never outthink yourself out of this. this is, these are too powerful. Well, but it's also just uh, the reality of the situation. Like, um, I've never been able to like really enjoy a watermelon since we ate the watermelons that we grew. Like the watermelons that we grew were so good. Oh God, yes. They were like candy. Like they were unbelievably good. And so now like whenever I eat watermelon, I'm like, oh yeah, this is pretty good. But it's just like actually kind of tastes like chemicals and water. Like it's it's not actually that good because I've had the real stuff. I've had the good stuff. So now you're like, I'm just never going to eat watermelon because it's never as good as the thing I lived up to. But I also don't have any time to grow a watermelon. Plus, I'm bad at growing watermelon. So (laughs) now I've just ruined ruined this fruit for me for the rest of my life. That's also what I'm a little scared about too because I kind of ruined eggs for myself (laughs) with y'all's eggs. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's the same thing where it's like it's not even a conscious thing. It's just like... You but you taste. didn't ruin them. You brought, like you just said, you didn't really like eggs, and now you like eggs because. Of... Well, no, I started liking eggs like three or four years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just didn't ever eat them growing up. Like we never ate breakfast food growing up, really. But um. But I feel like that's a weird way to think about the fact that you've like discovered the like purest, best form of like something to be like, oh, now I've ruined eggs. It's I know, like, but, no, what if, but what if you decide that you don't want to? What if eggs. what if you decide you don't want to have chickens anymore, and then I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Because now what do I do? I have to get chickens. Mine were... Uh, this, this is for another podcast, but I was not a good chicken owner. It was terrible. But you're a very good hawk steward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The hawks, hawks love me. <laughs> okay. I think uh, I think we're just about out of time. It's- We'd like to thank our sponsor, Chick Fil A and <laughs> and Tyson's. They don't pressurize anything. Yeah, we're very sorry about what we said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> the program super nutritious. Pasteurization very responsible. <laughs> so um, we know you guys can't comment, but can you just try and comment in your mind, and we'll receive it telepathically? <laughs> Go ahead and uh, spray paint your comments on the outside of Chase Bank. And we'll uh, see you there. Any Chase Bank in the world. Any Chase Bank. Any we'll find it. Don't even worry. Um, yeah. Tune in next time um, to hear Harrison come up with a great. No, it's still your turn. <laughs> no. All right, fine. I'm gonna try and come up with something, you guys. Oh. <laughs> We're out of guests. So. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks, Jessica. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Or awful. It might have been awful. Bye. <laughs>